You're listening to the Manning Up on Real Estate Podcast with your host, Cameron Manning. We bring you the industry experts each episode who will help you man up on your real estate career. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Manning Up on Real Estate podcast. I'm glad that you're joining us here today. And because today's a special day for the podcast, we talked about how we are going international. We've had a lot of great uh, guests on the podcast that have been from across Canada, across the US. But today we're taking a trip across the pond. We are heading to Europe. We are going to Portugal. Now, the gentleman that I have here today, he has been in the Portugal real estate uh, industry for about 20 years now. He's got a lot of experience with buying, selling, construction. He works with partners worldwide to put Portugal on stage as to a destination that you want to invest in, you want to have a pied-a-terre, you want to have that second home. He knows Portugal, and I'm really excited to have him here. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome Antonio. Antonio, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, Cameron. And you know, wow, what a beautiful introduction. I think, you know, you're going to get a merit badge just for being ambassador <laughs> for Portugal, just like me. <laughs> That's what there I'm, we go. I'm doing all this. Yeah, I'm doing all this for my ambassador badge. That's all it is. You know, everything else is, you know, real estate is what we do. It is not who we are. And yeah. we love where we are. And uh, we're happy to talk about it and, you know, and to see it grow. And that's what's beautiful. But definitely, I'm going to recommend you for a merit badge as well. My friend. <laughs> I appreciate it. We'll stand up together with our merit badge there. Excellent. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, we, we've gotten to know each other over nearly a year now. And again, you've heard this on the podcast before, this amazing app called Clubhouse, which has really created a community worldwide. And that's why I'm excited. We're really branching out worldwide by having Antonio here. But you didn't start in real estate. I know a little bit about your background just getting to know you and, and and some research here let's let's talk before real estate what what were you doing before real estate and what kind of led you down to the path afterwards to going into the real estate realm well you know cameron it, my life uh, was 20 uh, probably a good part of it you know uh, the i would say i have two lives i had the and so in a past life it was in the united states where i grew up um and we migrated there my parents and i'll tell you this one of the basic principles and i even wrote a post about this the other day when we moved to the united states my parents were looking for three things that are key which were education health care and uh security Okay, that's why we migrated. That's why many people migrate. That's why I migrated. So I grew up in in the East Coast in New Jersey, uh, and you know, got um, um, from the pirate. Uh, I'm a pirate alumni, so uh, in a business management degree. You know, so real estate for me there was just the investment side. Okay, which is a total different spectrum of what we do as brokers, as realtors. Mm -hmm. It's the investment, but you know that also kind of fits in now you can help you know what it's like i mean you know many people talk about investing in properties but unless yep. you're doing it and managing properties so all the things that i've done in the past life kind of helped me here my background was always about operations you know i grew from companies that that was that are still on the nasdaq that are, that we started one shop and i was very fortunate when we started out in new york city one one of the shops was called illuminations it went and we grew we grew the brand you know started on the east coast west coast um, and so my background was just about more recruiting, uh, uh, you know, um, just training, education, everything I do now uh, probably got from my experience, social skills, people right. skills, customer service. I remember when uh, when I was taught that we don't have clients. We have friends that come into our shops. You know, mm -hmm. Wally Arnold, uh, he wrote a book and it's still available, Living by Candlelight. So this company I worked for had this culture, this vision that, you know, all about customer service and just, you know, those are all things I learned in my past life, but ma mainly because of retaining um, 
you know, when we, we didn't have to go out and recruit, we retained, we promoted within, people learned the business, et cetera, assistant managers, managers, et cetera. So it's basically in the operations aspect of it, you know, and, you know, again, but those are things now that I'm so happy that I did and even mm-hmm. growing, living from East Coast to West Coast in between. I mean, when I tell you that I lived in Jersey, New York, Naperville, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. <laughs> You're everywhere. San Francisco, Dallas, Houston, Orlando, you know, so and in between helping uh, uh, um, and knowing the culture of the American people from in and out. And mm-hmm. they're very different and diverse. Yeah. Um, and that also helps me here today. Believe me, those are all the things that, you know, you go what you go through and you don't know. But I will tell you that when I moved to Portugal, Cameron, it was only going to be a temporary move from this. My, tic- my airplane ticket was December 7th. And I was supposed to go back June 7th. OK, um, I wanted to be closer to my mother, to my father. They're no longer here. But I, but I spent, I got to spend 20 years with them, you know, almost. And, so, yeah. and it was, it was just something that, you know, I don't know, my heart, uh, I felt like doing it. I was able to do it financially. I was able to yeah. put that time aside for them and it made me who I am today. It really did because I learned, I learned a lot about myself, uh, uh, about just, you know, what it is to be falling in love with the country that accepted me. I wasn't from mm-hmm. here, didn't speak the language that great, anyway. right. <laughs> you know, real estate, then real estate came, fell into my lap. And why? Right. Because, you know, it just had, it just, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's something I wanted to do because I love doing it in, on the investment side. So mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the relationship part of right. the, the business. And I, but I was very fortunate to meet people, you know, you always surround yourself with people around you that mentors people yep. you look up to and one of the things they taught me was build relationships not transactions and that's what we did and we built the referral uh, keep growing referral business you know mm, the best yeah. the best compliment you can get is a referral right it's not even a absolutely. thank you it's a referral absolutely <laughs> and, and growing you know and then, then all the experience in the past growing your business developing a brand uh, doing all those things promoting marketing etc those are all it things all that it, you know it just comes together yep. I don't know. It just, you know, it just kind of, you know, Cameron, you don't plan these things. You really don't. I didn't yep. plan on staying here for 20 years. I didn't plan. This wasn't, you know, it was something temporary. And, and you know, real estate is just, I always say to people, real estate is what we do. It's not who we are. As people, as human beings, you know, relationships growing, leaving a legacy behind, you know, real estate is, is a lot more than just homes it never is about homes it really isn't so but yeah long story long answer to a short uh, all, to all a good. short question. good i mean what i what i love about the whole friendship thing i mean i'm a big fan of uh, ryan sirhant and he says in his book right uh Salt Lake sirhant you know people like going shopping with friends right so the fact that you you have that same mentality that they're, they're not clients they're not they're friends and we're helping our friends I love that mentality. It's very different than a lot of salespeople would say because, you know, and that's why you're successful because you're building these relationships. You're having, you know, long-term relationships. I'm sure clients call you, you know, years after just, just to check in, you know, sometimes you're calling them to check in because that's what we're supposed to do, but I'm sure they call you to check in, right? Because you've built that relationship, right? Or when they come to, when they come into town, they're on holiday because a lot of them do have holiday homes Mm -hmm. and they call you and says, Antonio, we want to eat at that restaurant and you're coming with us and bring a friend or something. You know, they want to see you. I want to see them that, you know, you're a part of their lives. You know, what's the beautiful thing. And I'm sure you have it too, Cameron. When our business, our business already is generational. Mm -hmm. You sold it to the grandfather, to the son. Now you're helping their grandkid buy a home, you know, and, and that's uh, it's, it transcends, you know, it really is about that. And I think that's, that's the most beautiful thing for me. 
real estate has been that has been about the relationships that you've created all over the world even with you you know we yep. haven't met each other but but it seems like we know each other we met on clubhouse and we've talked so about? many what times doing? that we feel like we're, we're best friends already without actually meeting yeah. in person right yeah it's, phenomenal. it's a beautiful application you know when it came across i mean i i haven't figured out a way to meet people globally all over the world listen to them connect with them then offline build that relationship uh, as as clubhouse i mean many people it's still kind of new here in europe and especially in portugal yep. uh, but i know when they really understand the how important the it reach, is yeah. and if and the reach and if you can use it to uh, in your business it could be personal however you want to use it but I, I leverage it and use it in my business to connect with people network and it's about networking i think we got to do one hour of networking somebody said that you have to do one hour of network working with to meet someone new your message across a day right you have to do it one hour uh, because and even whether you go door knocking or this or that you have to do one hour of the not, not even following up with clients yep. in call new people you want to meet new people and uh, a clubhouse is a way to do it in many other ways of course 100%. yeah i, I mean yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, there, there's no better reach that you can do to meet these new people. And, and for, for me, and, and I know for you as well, suddenly you're taking this localized business that you're doing and you're globalizing it, right? And that's what I've been telling people for years. I'm like, listen, you want to buy anywhere? I've got you. I'm your guy. I'm not a Vancouver realtor. I'm a global realtor. I might not be the one that's going to fly there necessarily, but I've got my team. And, you know, Antonio's my team in Portugal. You know, I've got, I uh, just had uh, Jaime Resendez. He's my team in Dallas, Fort Worth, right? Like, you know, you've got these teams you're building of people that can then support your friends when they're looking Relationship. for Relationships. Yeah relationships you're building that network of relationships and you know i'm you gotta imagine cameron i'm out in in the little countryside village (laughs) (laughs) in my mountains and you know it would seem like i'm a hermit right there's nobody (laughs) around or whatever but i'm connected with the world i am connected with the world i mean and that's what it's about i think global real estate for me has been always about global real estate it really has because it just fit in i mean you create niche markets right because first you know 20 years ago uh, speaking english was was great not that many people were doing it now everybody speaks english Mm -hmm. now you create different niches and you know i've always had the uh 80 90 percent of our buyers are international you know we work with local markets as well but now you expand upon that where the the niches now you develop where now you have a a lot of buyers coming in what do they need buyer representation okay Mm -hmm. there isn't that much of it here so you create niches and you you don't have to be in the middle of a city or you could be in a small little country village like i am and you're connected with the world and you're you know you're feeding off then referrals you're through the pipeline where your clients are coming from and you're just feeding it off to as you say connecting you're connecting the dots like i am we're dot connectors and finding the right uh, person the right uh, friend client with the right referral partner with the right colleague with the right team members sometimes you know it's all about connecting those dots and that's what we do and that's what relationships are about and understanding what you know you can see okay this is what i want this is what i need and getting it there and that's you know that's that's another reason our name of our brand is infinite solutions it's all about solutions 100 and, All and, about and I love it too, because there is an infinite number of solutions when you think hard enough and you put it in play, right? So 
you have to think right. out of the box. Sometimes yeah. you do have to get creative in, in any business deal. How can we do this? Okay, how can we make this happen? It's got to make it happen. If there's a will from both parts, then we could do it. You know, and and you, you got to find it. You you have to you know whether it's a law it's a law you have to, it's a, a a legal way to do it a financial way to do it. Uh, however, it can be done. It needs to get it done, and that's what we do. And that's that's the thing. And sometimes it's you know it, it takes time. It takes patience, mm-hmm. of course. But but we do it. We do it. That's who we are, right? Absolutely. Now I got a question right. here. Um, my my a lot of my clients, a lot of people who listen to this are investors themselves. And and you talk about the investment in Portugal, and you talked about how you're you know working with investors. You work with buyers. You work with sellers. But you work with a lot of investors who are buying in Portugal from that perspective. Let's talk about that investment. So why would somebody look into, let's say, from Canada, look to invest in a country like Portugal? What is the draw from the investment perspective? So I'm really curious on this aspect. Well, I'll break it down. Basically, give me your pitch. (laughs) No, I'm going to give you, I can give you over a hundred reasons, but I'm going to leave it with you five real briefly. Number one, number one is climate. Portugal has over 3,300 hours of sunshine per year, making it one of the highest rates in Europe. Number two, satisfaction. Okay. 80% of the people who visit Portugal on a holiday do come back year after year. And some make it their permanent home because once they try the gastronomy, the food, the diversity of the Portuguese people, the warmth of the Portuguese people, that's also the same reasons. And these reasons I'm giving you, they're my reasons for being here. Okay. Mm. And so that's number two, satisfaction. Number three has to do with uh, um, values in comparison to other uh, European cities, okay, like Milan, London. Uh, Paris, uh, Barcelona, Madrid, house prices, value, even renting properties, okay? It's affordable in mo- as, as the most affordable Western European country, any capital. It's a third less than, say, in one of those bigger capitals, whether you're buying Lisbon and Porto. And we're talking about suburbs and everything that's not even those prices, right? Yeah. That's three. Number four, you have visa uh, processes that are easy for investors, buyers, uh, uh, the tax exemptions, non-habitual resident status. You have golden visa programs, buying a property. You know, how many times we think about, I wish I had a second passport when during COVID that I could easily get away from the U.S. or Canada (laughs) where I have a home. Well, we have certain processes here, buying a property, golden visa, that you can do it. And there's tax incentives because the the whole initiative of these programs is to capture that foreign investment, to Mm -hmm. rehabilitate. You have to imagine how Lisbon was 10 years ago or even Porto, bigger cities, and how they are now, foreign investors all these uh, incentives for people to bring and to do it. And it's easy to do business here in Portugal. It's not complicated, even right. the whole process. Is, and, you know, uh, because if anyone wants to come to Portugal now on a Schengen or tourist visa, you know, from the U.S., Canada, uh, United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, you don't even need a visa process. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, if you want to stay more than that, the facility also with the passive income visa works well for retirees uh, in conjunction with the non-habitual resident status. You can qualify for up to 10 years tax exempt on your ta- on your passive income. Okay. Crazy. Um, that's number four. I'm still up to number four and number five <laughs> and number five. You know, we think about, and that's what I initially opened up when we were talking about the same reasons that I'm living here in Portugal that I see many younger families. It's just not retirees now, Cameron. And then people looking to here, you're talking about three basic principles. And one of the most important ones is safety. And this is not an opinion. This is a fact. The third safest country in the world to live 
is Portugal by the Global Peace Index. Number one is Iceland. Number two is New Zealand. Number three is Portugal. So I like Iceland. <laughs> it's it's nice and New Zealand, but you know this is Portugal. So yeah. those 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 are that, those who qualify or were had a better rating than us. So that's five. I can give you over a hundred, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, well, you know those top five are definitely uh, they're they're enticing for sure. Now, one thing I want to do then is break down. Talk to me about a, a, a typical investment type property. Let's say I'm an investor looking from Vancouver. Now, uh, in Vancouver, as you're well aware, our market is, is one of the most expensive in Canada, right? I mean, if you own a home in Vancouver, let's say on the west side, you're sitting on like $3 million property for a basic home now, right? So let's say I, I pull equity from my home and I want to invest in Portugal. What is kind of the average price points we're looking at? What's the, the typical rents we're getting? And what does the cash flow look like to earn that passive income? Okay. Just a, a simple from, example. No, from, from the north, I'll, I'll, I'll base it on like a three bedroom home, a three bed, three bath, and the different regions and the prices are. Okay. And, and, the, and I'll tell you this, even on the interior part of Portugal, your ROIs are going to be significantly higher because mm -hmm. anywhere along the coast or bigger cities, Lisbon, Porto, Algarve, et cetera, they're mature markets. Okay. So the growth is there in the interior. And that's mm -hmm. why also the government is focusing on that right now, even with the golden visa programs and tax benefits on the interior. But based on a three bedroom home here in our local market where you can buy three bedroom, three bath, like a, uh, an acre of land or a quarter of an acre or you know half an acre of land, et cetera, even with the swimming pool, you're looking at prices of like between close to 300,000, 325,000 euros, right? When you go a little further down, south towards Porto, that home would probably be in excess of like 400, 450,000, okay? When you get down to uh, the central part near Coimbra, Coimbra and the interior part, it's significantly lower. That same house may be around 250,000. Why? It's further away from the coast, right? When you go down to the Silver Coast, uh, it's basically the same prices around Porto, around 400, 450,000. Getting closer to Lisbon, that same home would be about six, 700,000 euros, okay? When you go down to the Algarve, basically the same. You gotta imagine building like, you know, in 200 square meters is like 2,000 square feet, just at a zero, yep. okay? And a 200 square meter home, to build a brand new home, doesn't matter where you build in Portugal because it's all the same. The land is gonna change, okay, the price. So if you wanna buy a nice plot of land to build a beautiful home in the Algarve, overlooking the ocean, etc. you're going to pay over half a million or a million or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, but here you can find up here in the north or in other parts, you know, 100,000, 150,000 euros. So that same piece of land, right? right. So the difference is the land. Uh, the building of the home, you're looking at like around 1,200 euros per square meter to 1,500. That's like a complete home, you know, furnished, uh, the appliances, uh, right. just top of the line, solar systems, heatings, all the, you know, new technological just way to comfort of a home. And right. you're looking at 1,200 to 1,500. That's basically a, 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 a natural medium. So when mm -hmm. you look at it, like a 200, uh, a 200 square, uh, 200 uh, square meter home, which is 2,000 square feet, yep. you're looking at like uh, around uh, 225,000, 250,000 to build that home. Okay. And then plus the land. So, yeah. you know, the numbers are there. You're not going to differentiate from there. Even as a national statistic now, 
It doesn't apply, of course, to Lisbon and Porto because, or bigger cities, of course. because you can pay up to like 10,000 euros a square meter, like six, seven, eight and above. Very, okay. very similar to, let's say, Vancouver, Toronto, much more expensive to build in. Oh, it's, uh, you yeah. know, and then, but comparison to like an, a national average for this is from the National Institute of Statistics. Okay. The, even for an appraisal, you're looking at now it's about 1,258 euros per square meter. That's a national, and that's, and that's accurate. Because in my local area, you can buy a nice three-bedroom apartment around 125,000, 130,000 euros. And that's, you know, that's, that's, those are the numbers. So, uh, um, you know, I, it, I hope that's the answer to your question. You oh, no, you that's fantastic. Now, what, what kind of rent? Let's say you buy a, one of those properties. Let's say let's go into the interior because we're looking strictly from an investment. So you were saying we're looking at between 250 to, let's say, 350, right? So what kind of rent and uh, and what would the cash flow be looking like that on a monthly basis? The, you're looking at, you know, renting a property like 200,000 euros, okay, here. You could get probably uh, that house, you know, with the pool, everything, you know, on a monthly rent, you can get anywhere between 1,500 to 1,800 euros a month. Mm -hmm. It would work best as well is actually uh, flats, okay, to rent out. That's a good market that we're having here. We have, we're at very low inventory right now on homes, right. quality homes like everywhere in the world, right? Yeah. You're, we're no different. We're no yeah. different. It's, yeah, a it's, it's, a, it's a global thing happening. It's a seller's market. I mean, yep. I don't know what market you're in, but if it's We're... not a seller's market, then it's very different from the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and, and, and even the renters, <laughs> the renter, uh, a rental market, there's very even less uh, uh, properties available mm -hmm. because one one of the reasons is it's just it's what because prices are unaffordable for one, mm -hmm. so people rent, etc. Uh, but even like buying. Uh, uh, like a uh, hundred and twenty-five thousand euro investment apartment, a three-bedroom, okay, three-bedroom. You could rent. You get a bigger return probably than buying the two hundred thousand euros. Okay, right. what I mean by that, your yield is going to be bigger because what what happens is that that you're going to be able to get on that return about uh, a good you know six, seven, eight hundred euros per month, and that's in the local. That's not even in the bigger cities, you know, because that same three-bedroom apartment, of course, in in major like cities like where universities are, like Braga, Coimbra, um, those are those are good investment opportunities because anywhere, Evora, where universities are, students are always moving, teachers are always yeah. moving, professors, etc. There's Medical a nice turnover. Doctors. It's it's consistent. It's always, a nice turnover. You know, so yeah. in those, even even the interior village of like the Guarda, the Fundong. They have great universities. They're way interior, but you could pick up like a three-bedroom apartment in those prices and you can rent. What a lot of property owners do, they have like a three-bedroom, they turn it into a four-bedroom and they rent out the rooms for like 150 euros per room, okay? Yeah. So doing, you're doing getting a return of 600 and... euros, 600 euros per, uh, per on, on, a re on, on an investment of 125,000 euros. And that's the right. kind. So you look at the numbers and the ROIs and they're not- they're oh, not we're in, in the center of like mature markets, Lisbon, Porto, Algarve, et cetera. You're only going to get like maybe a 5%, 4 5% return. Mm -hmm. Whereas in these other more uh, uh, not so more mature markets, that's where you get a bigger ROIs. And you can, okay. you're looking at 12, 15%, if not more, you know, in, in those investments. Love it. Love it. No, it's definitely interesting. Because I mean, you know, when you've got a lot of people who are looking, we've got, like I said, people are selling their homes for 3 million bucks. It's nothing to take cash and buy a 125,000 euro, you know, condo or a flat, as you say, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's a drop in the bucket. Right. Um, so that's a great way that people can, you know, spread their investment out and, and diversify themselves into these other markets. Right now, I know one thing talking to you is that the purchase process is very, very different 
um, to, you know, this is one thing that, you know, if someone's coming from, let's say Canada or US where there's a very strict format and they come into another country, what do they need to be prepared for? Like, how does the process work for purchasing a home? Like, take us through that. Okay. You know, the real estate is real estate, you know, and then finding the home, et cetera. So that part is the same, yeah. okay, and the buying process and searching and everything. That's no matter where you are in the world, unless yeah. you're in a different part of the world, but that's how real estate is done. You look the, for real the, estate the, and you, you find it and then, and then the process the, starts. The procedural is not so different from the U.S. and Canada. There's a quite a, a few different points. For example, mm -hmm. we don't have escrow accounts. We don't have an earnest deposit. Uh, we, uh, we don't have like titles, uh, the, the title insurance, okay? Yeah. Uh, what we have, what we have is it, it gets the business done and it's the acronym is CPCV, which stands for Contrato Promessa Comprivenda. Basically translate, you promise to sell, you promise to buy. The <laughs> deposit, like you're buying a 200,000 euro home, you're putting 10% down. So you're giving the property owner the deposit. It's not held in escrow, right? So it's right. given to them. Then it's scheduled. And that's a way to formality. And you could do, and it's a contract. The league, it's, it's binding contract yep. that you can list all the contingencies, whether you want to get a home inspection or whether you, uh, uh, um, you're going for a mortgage loan, et cetera. So you list the contingencies on there. And then you, there has to be a date that say it sets, like you do the contract, you, you do the closing in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, you know, right. whatever's the date. So you have to set a date. And at that date is when you do, when that's done in the first initial, the solicitor or lawyer will do the due diligence, title searches, make sure that the property has no liens. If it does, they have to be unregistered by the bank, you know, mm -hmm. or my mortgage, or there's no, you know, liens are one thing, mortgages are another, right? But make sure that everything, if it has on there, you know, these things can, you can't do that contract if you have these penalizations there, right? Mm -hmm. it's your, and it's all registered that all these things, the role, every single property, there's an article, whether you have it for a land or whether you have it for a home, right. okay? That's, it's an urban article and a rustic for the land, urban mm -hmm. for the home. And so it's registered in the finance office, in the land office registry. So right. the solicitor, lawyer, notary uh, can do that due diligence, the title searches to make sure who owns it. Okay, they all have to sign that uh, promise to buy, promise to sell, all the signatures. Imagine if it's an inheritance property, if somebody's inherited and you have like 10 signatures, all of them have to sign it or power of attorney. And then the deposit is given to one of the, uh, or the property owner and they are responsible for it. And until the day of the closing, and then you close it and then all, again, the notary, the 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 deed, the, there is the title search is all done in that in that moment of when the property is being uh, done for the closing. Right. <clears throat> the notary has access to the database. It's all digitalized now. It's yep. it's with the Ministry of Justice. Everything, so they know exactly if there's a lien on there. How much is the lien? The bank, the bank has to be there to receive their check to cancel that lien. So then, if another bank is putting a lien on the property, everything mm -hmm. gets registered that moment. It's right. you know. And so that's, that's why there's no, there's, that's why there's no title insurance. So those are the big differences, the title yeah. insurance, earnest deposit, escrow accounts, because everything else is pretty much set and bound. You know, it's a notary, always get a notary to do well. Solicitors can do it, lawyers and notaries they right. can do it. Yep. And uh, those are the people that do the official closings and the acts, but everything is written. The minute that, even if it's a cash deal, okay, you pay cash. <clears throat> the minute it's done, the deal that the property owner says, I've accepted, I've accepted payment. They sign off the closing and the property gets registered in your name. It's already in your name. There's yeah. no, you know, there's no, there's no waiting period, nothing to get registered. 
it's fascinating, especially simple. Simple. It's, it's simple. It is very simple. Uh, it, it's fascinating too. Again, coming from somebody who we, we deal with things obviously a little different. So that's why I always love kind of learning about these different styles because we, as the the agents, we do the title search up front. Right, so we make sure that we have that title all figured out prior to it even going to the solicitor for closing, because we want to find oh, out what yeah, the liens you're, you're are. You're like, talking about the listing agreement, right? Like when you're doing the listing agreement. That's well, what even we have even when do. I'm representing a buyer, we actually ask for that title search as part of the offer, right? So yeah, then we do our due diligence. No, um, and that, yes, that, of course, that's what we yeah. do as realtors, as the professionals. We're yep. looking at that before it, before it goes for, further along. Yep. We want to make sure. When you do, whether you do the listing agreement or when you're doing the buying agreement, the representation, yeah. before it gets to that, of course, we look at it first totally. uh, and make sure that it, hey, there's, who is this person here? You know what I mean? This person was never mentioned. But even when yeah. you do a listing agreement, you got to know who owns title to the property because totally. they all have to sign the listing agreement. Yep, right? Same here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's no different, it's no different and, Cameron. And the, only, the only difference is really is earnest deposit. Uh, escrow accounts and the uh, uh, the title insurance because you don't we don't have that here. Totally. I mean, we we have the title insurance. Obviously, it's something that they uh, they recommend here uh, heavily. We don't do escrow as well in Canada, so we we are very similar on that regards. It's either we put the uh, deposit money in trust with a lawyer for at closing, or sometimes it does go directly to the to the seller as well. I have had several of those scenarios where you know you try to especially if you're multiple. Hey, I'll throw the deposit to you directly, right? So that way we don't have to go through the process exactly. of getting it released through trust. Um, so very, exactly. very similar in, in a lot of those regards, but uh, definitely some different things. We do have the title insurance because things come up afterwards. Let's say there's an, an encroachment or something that wasn't registered on title. We have that title insurance to protect. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it sounds like it is a somewhat similar process then. It's, it's US that's a little different with the escrow stuff. Um, but you know, we, we have a very similar process overall, which is, which is interesting. So it's good as investors or as people looking to buy, you're not going to be as, um, thrown by the process, especially if you're used to purchasing one way, it's very, very similar. And then again, you it's have an expert like Antonio, who's going to take you through the whole process. <laughs> yes, but I leave that, I leave that to the legal team. Yeah. Uh, we do, you know, anything that has when, when we do have a buyer, uh, or a seller, either way, they have to verify. And that's why we collect those documents first. Yeah. Then it's given to the lawyer before anything is done, any contracts are written up or anything. You know, that's when you call it exchanging contracts. Yeah. That's when we, you know, that's when the, it's signed and you promise to buy, promise to sell. And before any of that stuff gets done, a, a, a lawyer solicitor will look at those documents because, you know, we know real estate, you know, and we know the documents, but it's we know, we know what we know. And that's why we surround ourselves with the experts for the other stuff. Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It, it, especially, you know, I get a lot of times, you know, a ton of people coming to me for accounting advice all the time because they're like, well, you're an investor. And I'm like, yeah. And this is how I do my accounting with my accountant. You need to talk to your accountant for your specific things. But, you know, it's, it's amazing because people think that you, you're specialized in this. You've got to know. And you're like, I do know. I do know a lot, but I'm not going to we tell do you. Know. We do know a lot, but but it's best to always have the professional. Absolutely. You can offer your your you know if they ask you your opinion, that's something 100%. else. Or how we, and when any anytime we talk about it, we know that we talk about our experiences and yes. how we do things. But you that's you have to find what's best for you. Do your due I'm diligence. Hundred <laughs> percent. And then that, and that's why again it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. We've created that team, so we have that team locally. That you know I'll be the realtor 
But then I've got the accountant, I've got the lawyer, I've got the home inspector, I've got the brokers, I've got everything you need. The builder, the architect, the engineer, you got exactly, all of exactly. And so, and and then that's where I know if I'm going to recommend you to someone who's on my team outside, let's say to Portugal, Antonio's got that all for you too, right? He's got everything ready, so you're ready to go. And that's and that's why when you guys are investing, the in moving companies, the moving companies, sometimes you know, hundred percent, yeah. Company. There's uh, so many, so many people are moving. They're moving from the UK and they're moving to here, or they're moving from the US and you want to, the, the weather containers, the experience. Okay, work, we work with this company, uh, yep. et cetera. You know, what, okay, how, how do I ship my dog? You know, that's sort of, <laughs> you know, their you, family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but you got to have those uh, team players and the people that you know that you trust and you work with for a long time because they're small details, but they make a big difference in, in people's lives. And that's what we do. Right. Absolutely. That's who we are. That's who we are, Kevin. Totally. Okay. I've got a fun question for you here um, because I, I, I've been watching you on, uh, on Instagram and I would say I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fan of wine, but I'm not like, I would say a connoisseur of wine. So I know you are a big fan of, you know, you, you show the wine that you're drinking on Instagram. It's, it's part of who you are. You like to have fun, probably take your clients out for a nice bottle after a closing. What would be your top three recommendations if someone is going to get into Portuguese wine? Okay, you know, let me let me just explain a couple of things. Just just a, absolutely, you know, we we are all enophilus. Okay, what that means, lovers of wine, <laughs> all of us. Um, there's you can only call there's there's a enologo, uh, uh, the winemaker. Mm-hmm. You have the sommelier that partners the wine with the food. And then you have the rest of us, the Anopheles. We're Anopheles. We love wines. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this too. I have a question for you. And, and that's what I ask people. Like, Do you know what the best wine in the world is? Tell me. I, I'm not sure. I've got my ones that I like. The one, the one you like. There we go. The one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'll give you my, my three, you know, I have three different regions that I love uh, their wine. Okay. They're very distinct. In all of them, one is definitely the Mino region where I'm at, which we have it, and it's its own grape variety. It only gets here that's made, and it's a special grape variety called Alvarino. It's part of the Vino Verde. It's it's a it's not it's not a mature wine. It's still fuzzy, fizzy, very virgin wine. So it's still young, lower alcohol content. Great, you can have it in red or white. I like the white, especially with salads, fishes, everything, and even meats. You can have it as well. So it's very distinct. So you have the Alvarino from the uh, from the Mino, okay, from the in the Vino Vera. Okay. And then my, one of my favorite wine ranges is from the Doro, okay. And you have the the, the I, I wouldn't say so much brands. I, I'm more about the grape variety. And we have what's called the Torriga Nacional, which is the same thing. Like if you go to Spain, Rioja Tempranillo. That's Torriga Nacional. And Torriga Nacional is one of our mainest grapes. And it grows in, that's where the Vino do Porto, okay, the port wine, world-renowned and famous. Right. Yep. It comes from the Tempranillo grape variety. So I'm more about the grape varieties. not right. And the regions, the regions I love the Douro, because if you ever take a ride on the Douro River, up the river, on a cruise, and you see the valleys, you would think, how can wine be made here? How can it be born on schist, on land that, you know, rocky, schisty uh, formations and stuff? Mm-hmm. And in one of the 
best wines, nectars. You know, even <laughs> even Bacchus, Bacchus himself probably probably put his finger there and says, you know, this has to be blessed, uh, a wine region. So the Douro region is by far one of my favorites, yep. you know, because of just the way the, it's part of the UNESCO heritage as well. So there's certain things why I love, I love that region there. And then I have... Um, the wine region from around uh, the Alentejo, okay? Alentejo is the more hottest part of Portugal. So you have some really stronger wines, hmm. okay? And you have your like, uh, uh, your your grape varieties, your Alicante Bouchette, you have your, uh, uh, um, which even, these are some of the grape varieties that were exported here that are not autochthonous to the region. And you have about like the Syrah, okay? The Syrah, the, the grape variety, delicious. I mean, you have uh, um, just different grape varieties that are distinct they can only grow there because they have to be hot weather and right. they make it very powerful one of the one of the most famous um probably more emblematic uh wine estates is the cartouche it's the ilentejo and we, we were there even in october with some friends realtors <laughs> they came on a short trade mission and if some of if some of them will be listening they can verify it's some <laughs> delicious delicious wine and you know it's uh, the ilentejo region but but again it has to do with grape varieties and we're all enophilus and all the favorite wine, even the wine grower that you have some outrageous wines from the local, you go to a, a like a dive bar, right? And the local <laughs> agriculture, okay, the local farmer, he yep. will make some delicious wine that you would think like, okay, it needs to be in a bottle and it's right. cheap because when you walk into a supermarket, this is the luxury that we have here. You walk into any supermarket, you close your eyes and you just, okay, I'm this wine. It, it'll be under like a great wine, three euros or less. Okay. Oh Maybe, average, you know, but you, for, you, you find some outrageously great, great wines, even no frills like you have supermarkets yep, that yep. get it directly from the uh, agriculture and they put their label on there. But again, it has to do with the grape variety. Like, uh, and it's, it's unbelievable. There's expensive wines. We have wines here, you know, very expensive as well. And, you know, the quality and because there, we have, wine okay i'm gonna start talking most people think do you sell homes or do you sell wine because i talk more about wine i love it i, I love it i get excited about wine that's when you see the post you don't see me posting a lot about homes or maybe information about homes but not yeah. homes for sale it's it's about the the wine culture the gastronomy yeah. the things that i fall in love with with this country you know that's what the thing everything i'm selling or promoting or marketing these are things that i Lifestyle. that are very it's my lifestyle. It's yeah. what I have, and it, and anybody can have it, you know. And and so when you see the, the a lot of the great, and I and I love to try. You're you're right. Sometimes I have the friends, clients. I get invited. I get invited over for dinner. They says, leave the wine to me. I'll go pick up the wines because whatever you know. And they're doing the cooking, and you know, it's it's just culture. You know, wine is culture, and uh, Portugal's uh, wine culture is very, 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 very long and very rich. Uh, cultural you know some of the great wines of the world of course no comparison to like you hear about france and other emerging markets like south africa united states for example yeah. australia uh, uh south africa hey, you mentioned south africa as well we have one thing that's probably goes against us we don't mat we don't have a lack of quantity maybe we have more quality we don't right. it's not it's not produced a lot so the price that naturally when it goes to the outer markets but here it's a luxury going into a supermarket and anybody that lives in Portugal knows you go into a Pingu dos or Intermarche, whatever, and you can pick up a three-euro wine, four, four-euro wine, you'll say it's one of the delicious wines. It can compare against any Bordeaux or any other wine in, you know, in Spain or whatever, Argentina, Chile. 
Britain has so many great wines all over the world, but we don't fall short of it. And on the, on the quantity, yes, we can't produce that much, but the quality, right. no. Okay, enough more about wine because otherwise <laughs> we, we, we can do a whole we can do a whole that. other podcast another, on wine. Podcast, just about wine. If you want. <laughs> All right, we're going to be launching the uh, the Antonio Cameron Wine Podcast here soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, I saw that you did that. But you do that. You did that. I was watching that the other day with yep. you and someone. You know, comparing wines, trading wine. And I love that. I actually watched that as well. I'm not sure if I was on Instagram or YouTube that you yep. do it, but it's it's. But that's you know, it's it's a part of what we like to do. And and I think as 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 you would see, there's so much of it in the in the. Uh, um, social media, social okay. world, that people want to see our other side of what Absolutely. is it that takes you. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's the key thing. And that's what I've really liked about watching it as well is because, you know, a lot of people do focus, like you just see, just sold, just list, just sold, just list, just, but who are you? Right. And, and knowing that, you know, Antonio is, is someone who loves to go out and enjoy a nice glass of wine out in the sun, whatever that is, that gets to know you. And then it's like, Hey, he's the kind of guy I want to go and buy a home with, you know, because we can then sit there and exactly. we'll, we'll you find we'll, your avatar. Exactly. You find you your someone that has the contract over a glass of wine and just enjoy the enjoy the nature and everything. Yeah, you, you don't see me playing golf. I'm not a yeah. golfer. Okay. I have friends that are maybe miniature golf. I love going to the <laughs> golf, to the, but you don't see me playing golf. You don't see yeah. me, you know, do I love sailing? But these are the things that are simple to me that I like yeah. that, you know, Absolutely. the wine, the people, the friends, the tapas, the, the gastronomy. Uh, okay. Selling homes. I love, I love what, you know, traveling, visiting, etc. These are the simple things in life for me. They really, and you, you know, and you have them so close by that you do it, you know, I don't take it for granted. I don't take it for granted. For me, you know, I always say to people, you know, where my office is outside and everybody's all readers, your homes, your, your office should be outside. You're knocking on doors, you're doing viewings, you're visiting properties. So your office is outside. If you spend too much time in the office, you're doing something wrong. So I'm my office. You know, so I'm outside and just discovering something new. Even when I go with the client, visit a property here or there, you know, like for me, like, I, you know, I was Sunday in Porto. Uh, it's a, I don't know what day. Today's Tuesday. Yesterday I was in Villanova Cerveira. Today, I'm, tomorrow I'm going over to Spain. Uh, yeah. Thursday, you know, like every single day your office is different, you know, yes. and the experience is different. And I like to share it because these are things that I could do it. I'm no millionaire. Okay. You know, maybe I have some, a couple of bucks saved up, but I'm not, you know, but anybody can do it. It's affordable. It's the quality of life. Those are the things that, and I think people, that's probably what I try to transmit to people is that what you can afford, I can afford this. Anybody can afford this. It doesn't have to be. And there's people that when they have their retirement pensions, they could do it. I'm not drinking Dom Perignon every day or having, you know, (laughs) I like it every once in a while, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But but I, I'm 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 great with the three bottle of uh, euro bottle of wine because it's absolutely delicious. So totally. you know it's simple things. It's simple things, Captain. Absolutely, I love it. Now, one question that I ask all of my my guests, and I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast, you've seen this before. I'm single. I'm single. I'm not looking, but I am single. No, that's not it. <laughs> well, we we can work on the matchmaking side later. But uh, I always like to, a book recommendation. So you know, as as entrepreneurs, as people in business, we do read a lot of books. We 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 keep ourselves you know our our minds our knowledge everything like that but there's always that one book that everyone has that has impacted them the most so i want to know what that one book is for you carnegie wrote a book about 100 years ago you know how to win friends and influence people okay um it's still applicable today absolutely you know 
and, and especially today, especially, and this was written over a hundred years ago. And I say, when sometimes when I try to, you know, I, I can't, I can't imagine what it was like a hundred years ago, but that philosophy still works here today. The mm -hmm. simplest thing, okay, look at social media. Everything is about engagement. Yes. It's not about likes and it's about engagement, engagement. Yeah. And even just the simple thing, the simple thing of saying somebody's name, writing it out when somebody hears the powerful message, when you hear your, your name, you write, hi, Cameron, how are, you know, uh, hello, Cameron. It's just not the like, it's whatever. It's that engagement. Yeah. That's that. And in this world that we're living, everything, you know, it's fast paced, virtual, blah, 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 so much, yeah. you know, right. That you don't really have time, but when, right. When you have that one little thing, I mean, there's like, there's so many things, but that's one of the books that I probably, it's, it's always around, you know, it's like, you know, you pick up, it's like, you're looking at it, you know, you look, you look at it, you don't read it all, but you just, you open it up and you say, ah, Reference okay, and... click, you know, and that's, yeah. and I probably recommend it. I mean, there's so many of them I can, I could talk about, but oh, that, if there's one, there's one, that's one for me. So how to win friends and influence people. Now, what I love about the fact that he recommended this book is it ties right back to what we talked about at the very beginning, how he likes to, you know, build relationships and create friendships with everyone that he meets, right? So <laughs> yeah, we it, circle back, right? Right. It, it, back. <laughs> I don't even think he meant to do that, but just subconsciously, he's always no, got this mentality it, it, in hand that it's it, all about but friendship. It, that's, that's what it's about. But that's yeah. what it's about. I think if you go through life and you can't develop, one of the things that I'm very fortunate, and you, you too, I'm, I know you are, and I know because those are the people I'm around with. I'm not around anybody that does not have or doesn't understand what long-term relationships are and yeah. friends. You know, I'm not around those people. Neither are you. We yeah. don't need that. 100%, no. We don't. So I don't have a doubt about that, Cameron. Yeah. And I think it's important that when you create those, when you realize that these are, you know, I don't have family. My family are my friends. Mm -hmm. I don't have my mother. I don't have my father. You know, so I yeah. have my support group, the people that, you know, you depend Absolutely. on. They depend on me. And when you build that, it's, it's, you have that core, it just grows upon it. And I think that's Absolutely. what, like, I have a client of mine that one he said to me, and, you know, it's very important. I'll never forget it. He says, you know, we're always adding. Remember that we're always adding. Mm -hmm. It's not about a commission here, a commission yeah. there. It's we're always adding. Even if it's that, okay, you're adding on. You're adding on a friend. Yeah. You're adding on. You're adding on. So you're yeah. always adding, and Love that's it. what it, that's what it is. And relate. I'm adding relationships. I don't look at the numbers. We don't look at the numbers. The numbers are there. They come. <laughs> they come. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct, and that's yeah. why probably why it, it, we circle back to it. But it really is one of those books that, like in today's world, yeah. believe in today's world, I think people still need to go back a hundred years ago and see what worked because it does. 100%. And you know, and it was the simplest thing. Well, you know, we didn't have and how it's text messages, you know, but how what writing out a card, thank you, yeah. you know, or that sort of thing, absolutely, you know. I love it. And I know I agree with you. The principles are always going to be the same because at the end of the day, it's human engagement, human relationship. The medium has changed. But the actual relationship style and how you build with people, that has never changed, right? And never. we are, we are humans change. 100 years ago. We are humans today, right? So um, Antonio, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, this is one that I've been excited about. Like I love the energy that Antonio brings. He loves what he does. He loves Portugal. He loves his wine. I absolutely love the, the energy he brings. <laughs> now, I want to make sure that I can provide some value to you. So if anyone wants to get in contact with you, what is the best medium that they can find you? So that way, if they're thinking about buying Portugal, we can make sure that happens for them. You know, real, real simply, probably what everybody has, it's like your 10, 10K card, okay? Yep. Antonio10K.com, simple. 
all the social media is there. Everything, it's there. Everything's there. Antonio10k.com. I can give you my website. I can give you my Instagram, but everything is there. It's so simple. And what we'll do if you're listening, you go down into the show notes. We are going to link that in the show notes as well. So you can access it very easily. Antonio, again, my friend, it was so good connecting with you. I know we've got hours of difference apart here, but this was fantastic. I hope you, uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. And let's keep in touch. I'm excited oh, I, to continue building this relationship. Absolutely. We definitely got to do when, when, or maybe even together, like on Instagram live or something, yeah. even together with others, some real t- realtor chefs or realtor enthusiasts, wine enthusiasts maybe yeah. doing a live or something. Those are all ideas just to share. And I love yeah. that, you know, Let's I, do it. I get involved, but, but I really want to thank you. We've been, I know you've been inviting me for such a while, but it's just with all this stuff going on and everything. So I'm very happy uh, that we did it. Believe me, Cameron, it's always, you know, one, you're always one of those special people that when I met in clubhouse, I knew, you know, these, are, these this is someone, and there's quite a few, we, we have them. Oh, we know who they are. We know they're very, they are. They're, they're in special. We hold them because, you know, they're, you know, you want to be together around, uh, around uh, these friends it's all the, the energy. time. It's the energy. It's the energy, energy brings. Yeah. And uh, I'm really happy as well, Cameron. We got to definitely repeat it or whether it's wine or food, whatever. We'll you know, I'm, I'm game. I'm game. Even real estate. Okay. Yeah. I can, but real estate can be boring sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and that just friend. goes to show we know what he loves hanging out with friends and doing the casual stuff. And then business <laughs> happens, right? The, the, it happens. You know, the, you know, Cameron, the best uh, deals I've ever made, and I'm sure you have, where were they? Around the dinner table, yeah. around the lunch table. Mm-hmm. absolutely food conversation etc and the last thing that when a client wants to close the deal he's going to tell you you don't have to tell him or ask he's going to totally. tell you and things happen naturally if they do it there's a natural event of things you know and that's what it's all about so my friend olha un grande abraço okay un, a strong hug yeah. grande abraço de portugal on the other side of the pond Love it. Thank you so much again, Antonio. And again, thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we really appreciate it. If you give us a rating, uh, that definitely helps us grow the podcast, get more reach out there. And hopefully we can create more friendships with everyone who's listening to this podcast. Antonio, thank you again, my friends, everyone. We'll catch you guys on the next episode.